Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And I know we're going to go over this again and again. And if there's two people that you'd want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now, it, it's us because we're going to be raw and uncut. Good Friday evening, people of Chicago. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here at 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Grody, what up? What's going on, man? I'm taking you to the club tonight, baby. I like it. It's Friday. That is like... Friday energy right there. <laughs> I don't care what your music is. Exactly. That is Friday energy right there. That is the, the perfect song. Was was that you or no. did was that Adam? No, no, no. We have a we have a real producer in the studio that understands vibes. His name okay. is Adam Sadzinski. Nice job, yeah, studs. Know. Didn't know you had good. it in you. I'll be damned. See you, yeah. DJ. Uh, <laughs> let's just jump right into it, man. And and obviously we're we have good vibes right now on a Friday. Wherever you're headed, stick with us. We're here till nine o'clock. But we want good vibes on Sunday, Mark. Are the Bears going to win on Sunday? See how I just jump right in? Damn, right into it. Yeah, I do think the Bears are going to win. I think the Bears are going to be, as I said, someplace else. I don't remember where, with whom, or really on on what uh, medium it was at the time. But (laughs) I think the Bears are going to be 3-1 and after this Sunday. And we're all going to be looking at each other going, how in the world are the Bears 3-1? and that's what I think is going to happen. I agree. I mean, obviously, you didn't. Eat, you already knew that <laughs> that I was going to say the Bears are going to be three and one at the end of the end of the weekend. But it, it, it's shocking when I see the Bears as three point underdogs. And I understand you give three points when the other team's at home. Sure. So essentially, you're saying the teams the game's even. But when I look at the New York Giants, and when I look at the Chicago Bears, I'm like, how do you feel like these teams are in the same place? And then some naysayers will go. Well, the Giants started off 2-0, and and I, I'll, uh, my rebuttal is, did you see who they played in the first two games? A Tennessee Titan team that that wasn't that didn't have their feet underneath them, haven't figured out their, yeah. their, who they are again. And then, you know, going up against a Carolina team that was terrible, terrible. And then you go up against, you know, a, a Dallas Cowboy team without Dak Prescott, and you barely, you know, you got beat, but, you know, you couldn't even compete, you couldn't even outlast them. So what are you going to do against these Chicago Bears? And then, then what are the other Sarah's going to say? Gabe, well, did you watch the game last week? Did you see Justin Fields play? Did you did you see how he was? Yeah, yeah. And then like, and then say only only eight completions. Yeah, I understand that. You still feel that way? Yes. But why, Mark? Why do I still feel that way? Well, I, first of all, 
I want to ask you, just so I have it yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. you think that the Bears are substantially better than the New York Giants. That seems to be your thesis statement. Am I wrong? I, I, I guess what I'm saying is if, if the New York football Giants, if I'm in a classroom, and the, the New York football Giants are the are the D kid, you know what I mean? Like they don't show up here, and you know they they always got excuses, absences. They do poorly on exams, and and they, they, the pop quiz throws them off all the time. Don't and they and they they turn their homework late often. Bears, however, I feel like we only have a couple of those issues. You know, like we show up every day, we show up to class every day. That kid gets a C, even if they suck at tests, and even if they suck on the quiz. They, they get a C because they turn in the homework and they show up every day. That's who the Bears are. They suck on tests. They don't understand the material, but they're better than the New York football giants. So both bottom guys, but just the, I'm, we're the likable guys. You know what I mean? The Bears okay. are likable guys in the classroom. Okay. I mean, that, that explains, a, the, I guess, a, a little bit better. But when I just look at these two teams, I just can't imagine either fan base like really puffing their chest out and thinking that they are substantially better than the other team. I think both teams right now are thinking the same. I I would imagine both fan bases and probably media are saying similar things in that if the Giants get to 3-1 and everybody's going to be saying (laughs) wow how did we get here wait a minute do we need to rethink Daniel Jones is it just because Saquon Barkley is back what is it the the new head coach boost is that what's going on so I think that this is fantastically similar with these two teams looking at each other it's like looking in a mirror in terms of first year head coaches probably both teams are rebuilding probably it's possible that neither team will have the quarterback in place that they will have in place on Sunday Daniel Jones and Justin Fields who knows who knows yeah um so it's it's really fascinating when you look at the two but I I like that you came out with the Bears are way better than the Giants energy gotta be because that's because that's what you do it's, I mean, and, that's, and it that's, is yeah Mark let me tell you why because are Giants fans genuinely saying confidently that they'd rather have Daniel Jones over Justin Fields well I, I don't know I, exactly. I don't know and so so I understand you can have like a Giants fan can have an argument like like, well, Fields sucks, too. And I'd say, okay, but would you rather have Fields or Daniel Jones? Yeah. Our guy, we still don't know what our guy is. We really don't. Yeah. As much as, as agonizing it as it has been, really, and I think that's a, that's a good word, as agonizing it as it has been with Justin Fields, every once in a while you do have to stop and allow yourself to play the it's early card and yeah. it's a card that is almost cliche and a card that you know we we think that we're soft if if we use that we, you know because it's not like you have some loud loud it's like well let's just actually be patient sometimes we have to bring ourselves back to that it hasn't been good and it's been frustrating, fill in whatever adjective you want, surprising, honestly. I think surprising, but it's a work in progress, and that really goes to the point that you were making. Of course, of course you would want – you'd prefer the potential that Justin Fields has and what's behind door number three go. than going on with this quarterback manager and Daniel Jones who is probably going to – you know, dance around with first string and second yeah. string for the rest of his career. And that's what I, that's what I'm glad that you just said. I'm glad you validated my feelings in thinking that the Bears have a better team. 
He's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. <laughs> this is 670 The Score, home of the homers. No, we're live and local for you guys on a Friday night. You know, not only is it the quarterback position, Mark Grody, but it's also, you know, obviously when you go to running back, of course, they'd prefer Saquon over our tandem of David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. But then I'd go to the wide receiver group. Kadarius, Tony, Sterling Shepard, even if you were to give them their starting receivers, right? I mean, but but let's look at who they have on Sunday because of the injuries. Yeah. Richie James, Wandale Robinson, David Sills. I mean, I'd rather have the Bears wide receiver group than that right there. Uh, yeah, and you did you did you even mention Kenny Galladay? Oh, and sorry, the guy that they don't that they don't want to work into the game plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're right. I yeah. mean, Sterling Shepard was their best receiver. He's not going to play. I mean, there's really not a fear factor. I will say that. I guess the fear factor is Saquon Barkley. I mean, that that's it yeah. in terms of what the Bears are dealing with. There is not a fear factor with Daniel Jones. He is a flappable quarterback, and he has an offensive line that was exposed on Monday Night Football oh my that, gosh. that we all saw. So the, those are things that wasn't just a freak incident. Like, those are things the Bears have not – the Bears only have six sacks this year in three games. This is a game in which the Bears should uh, break on through to the other side and take down Daniel Jones. Um, oh, you mean you, the, know, you mean the Bears aren't the only team in the NFL with offensive line issues that people are complaining about? Oh, my God, because you wouldn't know that talking to any Bear fan in the city of Chicago. You think that the Bears were the only team in the NFL that had offensive line issues. Well, you know, Justin Fields was under a decent amount of pressure throughout that game last week, and there have been some some leaks throughout the first few weeks. But, no, you, you are right. Again, again, Gabe, here we are, back to the Bears and Giants being so similar. Hey, look at those two big market teams. Yeah. Neither has an offensive line that you would say is complete at this point. And I'm looking at, you know, not only the, the the offenses, it's also the defense as well, right? When you're looking at these two teams, maybe I'm sure it's my home or heart thinking highly of the guys that are on the defensive side of the ball. And I know that, you know, the Giants have a good defense. They have some guys that are making some pretty big plays over here. But again, it's about where it tilts. I guess it's just more, you know what it is? You know, this is like a therapy session, Mark. I, I feel disrespected as a Bear fan. I feel... I feel like I'm so I'm so I'm, I'm trying to justify. I'm getting defensive with the Bears team putting it up against the Giants and saying to myself, "Why is it? Is everyone blind? I understand we have you guys think a certain way, but why are we you know three point dogs right now? Like it makes me makes me want to go take out my 401k. It makes me want to refinance my house or a home equity Damn. line of credit. Oh boy, and just get my plus one sixty or whatever it is right now, and just laugh in the faces of everyone in the NFL because oh my goodness, y- yes. That's what I feel like. I won't do well, it because I'm scared. I, I, li- I love your attitude. I guess if it's really stressing you out as much as it seems to be it doing is. with using some of the big words that you were using, <laughs> maybe I can make a little one plus one is two out of this for you as to why the Giants are favored by three. Okay, I'm ready for this. I think here it is. You ready? And I, I don't know much gambling. I really don't. Because I New York is a bigger, the, has an, a, a bigger audience than Chicago, so the people are betting the line, you know, assuming that the Bears suck, and that's why it's staying neutral. It's, it's just because it's at the Giants. It's as simple as that. You have two unconvincing. I'm sorry. I know you're not going to like fair. me using fair. that no, word. No, no, These no, are no. two unconvincing 
winning records. It is the Bears are unconvincing with two and one, and you know what I mean by that. Well, and the mean. Giants are unconvincing as well. So these two teams are just a snapshot. They are they're twins. So the only way to different, differentiate would be either flip a coin or well, you know what? Let's go with who's the home team, the Giants. So they are favored by three. Does, does that help or make you more angry? No, it, it's it's on par with everything that's happening right now, and and okay. I guess the, the 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 issue for me is that you know I, I look at Bears teams in the past. You know, we're going to go over this later in the show, and it is that the 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 Bears record in 2018 when Matt Nagy was first taking over, very similar situation. So Matt Eberflus, and he inherited a quarterback that he himself or management did not draft. Right, so in seeing that. Or excuse me, that he he himself did not draft. So so in seeing that, it, it there's there there are eerie similarities between the two teams and and the starts of both of them. Ah, you know what? Screw it. We'll do it right now in the beginning. Just the beginning. Bears started out three and one as well on that in, the, in that 2018 year with Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're only lost in that in those first four games to the Packers uh, for uh, as the uh, opening game of the season. Then they they went on to beat Seattle, Arizona, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then they went into a bye week. And then, obviously, we know what happened after that. Bears finished with a phenomenal record of twelve and four, and went to the playoffs. But so, so I, I, I'm saying that to say, like, when I look at the Bears roster from 2018, it's not like there was dogs on that team. It's not like it was guys that you look at and you're like, oh my god, the Bears had such a good squad in 2018, and that's why they went twelve and four with that with that squad. And, and it couldn't be further from the truth, right? Well, quarterbacks like Prince of Mukamara and and Bryce Callahan playing playing corner for you. It's well, you had Kyle Fuller who Kyle. was had an All Pro year that True. year. So fair enough. And, and I'll disagree with you a little bit on defensively. That was an elite defense. I mean, you had Roquan Smith, rookie, who had rookie who and it was he had a sack on his on his first play, and you had Khalil Mack at the the peak of his powers with the Bears. You had a monster in Akeem Hicks out there. I mean, there was talent all over. Eddie Jackson was a played at was a legitimate all pro that year. Adrian Amos, who Bears fans would you know, going back on it, would love to still have. I, I, would, lo- I, I love that I get to give the rebuttal to this because I'd say Roquan's still there and playing at an elite level. I would say cornerback-wise, Jalen Johnson, despite not playing the last game, is playing at an all-pro level. Eddie Jackson is back to playing at that same pace. Mm-hmm. And so there, there are similarities there. Obviously, you're missing that Khalil Mack-type guy on the yeah. edge, but you could point to uh, a guy like Robert Quinn who sure, hasn't produced sure. much. Uh, uh, similar. I, I guess, again, I'm just trying to say that my Bears are good and that the Bears could shock some people. And instead of being like in this mushy, mediocre middle – yeah, that maybe, maybe, just maybe. Yeah, you know they can skew I, into a different direction. I, I got to tell you, it, and it would be what a fantastic story it would be if let's just say the Bears got to eight and two, like just something like that, something where they're and all of a talk sudden dirty to me, Mark. You're talking dirty to me. <laughs> I like it, and we're all <laughs> looking at the Bears at eight and two. I can't imagine how we would handle that unless there were distinctive things that developed on the team if all of a sudden Kyler Gordon turned into turns into an interception machine at Valus Jones Jr. is the weapon that everybody thought he might be able to be and he's scoring touchdowns and now he Darnell Mooney kicks in so if there are real development points 
and and that happens, then then it's easy. But if they do what they've done so far to get this, let's say eight and two, and they do it, and we all know it's smoke and mirrors, I wonder how we'd handle that. It's Mark Grody, the realist. Gabe Ramirez, the dreamer, here on six seventy, the score. <laughs> and when we come back. We're going to find out from someone in New York. Paul Schwartz from the New York Post is going to join us and let us know why, in fact, he feels that the Bears are actual underdogs. Why does he feel that way? We'll talk to Paul Schwartz on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, right here on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other. Other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If, if I'm the Giants, okay, if, when you're, you're Brian Dayball, the head coach who calls the plays, don't you have to say, why did we not give it to Saquon Barkley more than 14 times? Why did we let these guys tee off and come after Daniel Jones? So I would be shocked if the Giants on offense do not make this a, a Saquon Barkley day, uh, one, because he's the best player on their offense, and number two, because that would take a lot of pressure off their quarterback, Daniel Jones. Dave Wanstad talking to Parkers and Spiegel on 670 The Score. Telling us how Sunday is Saquon Barkley Day. How fitting. Can't wait to spoil the happiness of New Yorkers 
<laughs> oh, man, I got to take shots wherever I can, Grody. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here on 670 The Score. And joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the beat writer of the New York Post since 1994. I was still alive. Just want to put that out there. Paul Schwartz, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, was that um, Dave Wonstadt um, saying that Saquon should get the ball more and Brian Dayball should call more runs for him? Absolutely. Well, there's an issue there, Dave, Coach. Uh, Brian Dayball doesn't call the plays. <laughs> oh, no. Oops. Oops. This ruins North, everything. <laughs> the, the pride of Northwestern, the pride of Northwestern, Mike Kafka calls the plays. Do you guys call him Kafka or in New York we call him Kafka? What do you call him? Kafka. Yeah. Kafka. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that sounds yep. about right. Uh, well, well, despite who's calling the, the plays over there in New York, are our Giants fans as pessimistic about their two and one start as Bears fans are? <laughs> uh, well, no, I would say not pessimistic. Um, I, I think most Giants fans are realistic. You know, look, they've had they've they've tied with the Jets for the worst record in the league the last five years. Um, but you know, you look at, you took a look at the schedule and you said, well, there's a chance. You know what I mean? There's a chance to win some games here. Um, and, and they have, um, look, one of these teams is going to be three and one and, you know, three and one teams, you have to take a little bit seriously, right? I mean, a little bit, not that they're great teams and one of them's going to be, and, um, you know, it's a base, uh, based off, uh, bad records, close games, decent defense, pretty good running games. Um, you know what else guys, it's going to be bad weather. I think, um, we're getting some remnants of the hurricane, certainly not a hurricane, but, it's supposed to rain here Saturday and Sunday. So um, you imagine these two passing attacks in rain and a little wind. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about the, the, the dimension between head coach Brian Dayball and quarterback Daniel Jones, as in is this a one-year arranged marriage that with those two, or what, what does that look like? Does he is, is does Jones have a chance to be Dayball's guy? He has a chance. I think it's an uphill battle. You know the the uh, you know Joe Shane, the new GM, came from Buffalo. We know Brian Dayball came from Buffalo, and you know those guys saw firsthand. You take a first round pick like Josh Allen, and you um, you know cultivate him and you develop him, and he's a great player. Um, so you know they want their own great player. Is that Daniel Jones? Doubtful, certainly. Uh, they did not pick up his fifth-year option, which they could have, which would have paid him $20 million next year. Uh, you know, you have to be crazy to have picked up his fifth-year option. So, you know, it's an uphill battle. Um, Daniel's played okay. Um, I think they like him a lot as a guy. I mean, there's nothing not to like him as this guy. He's athletic. Uh, he works really hard. He keeps his mouth shut. His, his teammates, you know, from day one as a rookie, like him you know, are into him. He, he's got a little charisma behind the scenes. He's very, very flat with the media uh, purposely. You know, he's not, he's not a dope. He's just, you know, he's a Duke guy. He's smart. He, he, he keeps us, um, you know, uh, length, arms length apart. But um, look, he's got to play really well. I mean, no one expects the Giants to win a lot of games and he's played okay so far. But, um, you know, a lot has to happen for them to say to, to Brian Dable and Joe Shane, two guys who came from Buffalo after this year to say, you know what, we want to run it back with Daniel. Um, a lot of things have to happen, and um, we'll see. We're talking to Paul Schwartz here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez, along with Mark Grody. Paul, outside of the running game for the New York Giants, what, what, do, they, what do they do well? Well, on offense, 
um, they really don't pass the ball well. You know, we thought going into this year they would have a pretty decent receiver core. They had Sterling Shepard coming back from um, an Achilles tendon, okay? And he, he, he made a really good progress. He was ready. That's great. They had Kenny Galladay coming off a bad year uh, last year. Uh, the offense and, and the passing game, certainly after Daniel Jones got hurt last year, was just was just embarrassing. So Kenny Galladay had 2,000-yard season with the Lions. In 2019, I believe, he led the league in touchdown catches. They had him coming back and healthy. And they had Kadarius Toney, the first-round pick last year, who had a very uneven rookie year, but very talented guy with the ball in his hands. And it just hasn't developed. Sterling Shepard is lost for the season, tore his ACL amazingly, you know, 10 months after he tore his um, Achilles. That's a rough story. Galladay has been like persona non grata. He's had a bad summer. Uh, he had two snaps in a game uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, and he, he's done very little. And Tony can't get on the field. He won't play in this game. So they have a really, really paltry passing attack. I mean, I like when they throw the ball to their rookie tight end, Daniel Bellinger. So, um, and, and last game, the offensive line was terrible. Now, the Cowboys have a really good pass rush with Demarcus Lawrence and with Micah Parsons. Uh, they devastated the Giants up front. Daniel Jones was pressured. 24 times hmm. half his dropbacks he was pressured he had no chance so um offensively they don't do a whole lot well passing the ball and uh, handing it to saquon's their best option as coach wants said <laughs> so i i'm glad you mentioned to the the offensive line in that monday night game against dallas because i was going to ask you can the bears pull off the same thing but it sounded like in the answer you were giving me, and I want you to, to confirm this or add to it, that it sounded like you think that this is this is the situation that the, they're in. Well, I mean, I think the offensive line is better than that. You know, Andrew Thomas is a really good left tackle. I mean, he's, he's, he's turning into a franchise left tackle. Um, you know, John Feliciano with centers of Battler. Mark Lewinsky is a guy who they – Gave some money to it, right guard. Now, Evan Neal really struggled last week against the Cowboys. He's, you know, the, um, what, seventh pick in the draft from Alabama. Uh, he's 335 pounds, and he, he looks slim. You know, he's a big body, six foot seven, long arms. He's going to be a good player. He had a bad game. You know what I mean? These rookies, you know, all these tackles or most of these rookie tackles have a bad game like that. Um, I heard the next day in the walkthrough, they had to calm him down. He was playing so hard. So, you know, he's an Alabama guy. He, do, he doesn't expect to do badly. He's very serious, so I think he'll play better. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a jailbreak against the Bears. Um, I, I don't think it will be. But, um, look, the problem is even when Daniel Jones has time now, you know, he can run. He's a good runner. But when he has time, none of these receivers scare you. None of them. I mean, the leading receiver is Rich, Richie James, who, you know, basically was a part-time guy from the 49ers the last three years. So, you know, you'll see it. I mean, they don't get open. Uh, you know, they catch some, you know, five, six, seven, eight-yard passes. Um, Darius Slayton, who had a, a good two years with the Giants, he, he's done nothing. He doesn't get on the field. He can, you know, he can go vertical and catch the ball once in a while. But, you know, shame on the Bears if they let up big plays in the passing game. <laughs> yeah, guys, what I'm realizing, gentlemen, these are two very nondescript teams, yeah. the Bears and the Giants, <laughs> at this point, even though they're 2-1. and one, yeah. So what the hell? You I know. know. Beating, beating up on some bad teams, it seems like. Uh, you know, you mentioned – Obviously, you know, the Bears should be unfazed by the passing attack of the New York Giants. Uh, I would think the same would be true for the your, the defense of the Giants and how they feel about the Bears' offense. 
what's the what what's the the vibe out there in terms of are you guys fearful at all in the least bit of what the Bears can do on the offensive side of the ball? Well, how about this? Wink Martindale, you know, the very colorful defensive coordinator. He's in his first year with the Giants, and, you know, he, he's been really fun to cover. So the first week they played the Titans, right, and he compared um, Derrick Henry to Jim Brown. Okay, all right. And then the second week he compares Christian McCaffrey to Barry Sanders, okay? So this week we said, you know, Wink, you got a little uh, comparison uh, with, um, with um, uh, Fields, you know, the uh, Bears quarterback, and he said, well, um, you know, a little bit like Cam Newton. And for you older gentlemen, um, I would say, um, um, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting his name. Randall the, Cunningham. Um, Randall Cunningham, yes. And, and I'm thinking, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I don't see that. I don't see that. Compa- I saw Randall Cunningham play, and I saw Cam Newton play, and I'm like, Wink, I'm not so sure about that. He ain't um, there yet. He ain't no. there yet. So maybe he's, not, you guys, he's not even running the ball that well, is he, this year? He's had some good scrambles. Last game, he had a 29-yard scamper okay. to the side. Yeah. So he, he's using his legs here and there. Not as more than he did last year, where he felt like he wanted to establish himself as a pocket passer. It, it, look, the defense uh, is, they have two good safeties, Julian Love and Xavier McKinney. Uh, Adoree Jackson's a pretty good cornerback. Um, they might be getting their uh, second-year guy, Aaron Robinson, back. He, he played in the first game, Aaron Robinson. And then he felt stomach pain. He had to have his appendix removed. So he missed the last Man. two games, and he'll be he'll be playing in this game, um, I would think. Um, the key, I think, is a couple of keys. Uh, Leonard Williams, their best defensive player and best run stopper, is out again. So you know that that is that you know that, that's going to be good for the Bears. And uh, they're two young pass rushers, Aziz Ojolari, who led the team with eight sacks as a rookie last year, and the number five pick in the draft, Kayvon Thibodeau. Big personality. Played in their first games last week. They were both hurt the first two weeks. Uh, they were quiet, and I think they'll be a little noisier this game. Um, but they better um, set the edge, right, because the uh, Bears are coming at them. And, um, um, you know, um, the defense is okay. You know, they're having some uh, troubles at the inside linebacker. Um, Jalen Smith might be activated, the former Cowboy, off the practice squad. He could go from the practice squad to starting. Um, it, it's a decent defensive unit, you know, not dominating. And they need their two young edge rushers to get in gear. I have one more question about Saquon Barkley, and he's had a, an extraordinarily successful start to the season, and I love that he's healthy. But is he really, truly healthy? Is is mm. my question to you? Is he going to to last? Because he's got such special uh, makeup as a running back. Like he, when he came out of Penn State, I thought. He was the next guy to maybe be somebody who is getting going to break records. And so is he truly healthy? You know, don't forget, as a rookie, he was the um, um, offensive rookie of the year. He had 1,300 yards and 91 yeah. catches. So, he, you know, he was on the way to doing that. You know what I mean? Yes, and then, yes. then his second year, uh, ankle and issues, third year, ACL. Um, he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, I thought, and, and he said, Saquon said in, in, in the Cowboy game, um, he had, he had a run in the in um, in the third quarter for six yards, and you could, he got up and you could see him like going, damn, you know, he should have gotten more, you know. And then two plays later, he does a crazy jump cut and runs thirty six yards for a touchdown. And he even said, "That's when I I look when I look back at that, I said, yep, that's me, you know, I that's me, and I get it. I got to get that play out of me more often." Um, he's healthy. He's very very driven, you know. You mentioned Daniel Jones. Saquon does not have a contract for next year. 
Okay, this is his fifth-year option. He does not have a contract, so he's, play, he's playing for his Giants' career. He's playing. You know, he wants to stay. Um, we will see what happens. You know, we'll see if they want to pay him, and we'll see what he deserves to be paid. You know, if he has fifteen, sixteen, seven hundred yards, seventeen hundred yards, and someone's going to pay him, but people don't pay free agent running backs that much. He's only twenty-five years old, and um, they're going to ride him as, as long as they can. You know, they're not going to worry about next year. They're riding yeah. the guy. Well, what a conundrum, though. For for, well, maybe not. Maybe not with with new management that they can look at it realistically and say, yeah, fifth year guy, and it may, and, unless they see the special in him, but I, I would imagine it's probably wouldn't be that difficult to part ways. What do you? Think? I mean, if he stays on pace, what? doing what he's doing right what? now. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. I mean, he he was the quote unquote the face of the franchise. Everybody likes him. Look, I look. It's going to play out. If he has sixteen hundred yards, fifteen hundred yards, sixteen hundred yards, and they win six games, right? You know, we can win it with you. We can, you know, we can win right. six games with somebody right. else. So we can we can get two guys for cheaper. Maybe he comes back, and it's not a huge market for him. So um, it will play itself out. He's off to a very good start. He was great in the opener against the Titans. Um, you know, he's doing what they ask. I'd like to see him get a little more involved in the passing game and, you know, wheel routes and things like that. I mean, he's a really good uh, uh, route runner. You know, he can, you know, you line up a, a linebacker with him at your, you know, peril. You know, he will run past linebackers. <laughs> and and he even mentioned, he actually said uh, two years ago in the game that he blew his ACL, he said Roquan Smith was the only linebacker he ever saw when, when Saquon was split wide, Smith played him in press coverage. You know, these linebackers always give him four or five yards. Right. Said, this guy's a special guy. He was press covering me. He wasn't worried about me running, you know, past him um, because, you know, he, he, he's that fast of a linebacker. So that is a great, you know, inside the game matchup for Sunday. We're talking to Paul Schwartz, uh, Giants beat writer for the Post since 1994. Before we get you out of here, all right, we talked a lot about the bad. We talked a lot about the good. What's your final prediction for this Sunday's game? Um, I usually do not pick the Giants. I'm going to pick them in this game, a low-scoring game, something like 19-13. You know, people say to me, oh, they're supposed to win this game. I'm like, hold on, hold on. You're right, the Giants are not supposed to. And the Bears, I think, at this point in their development are not, quote-unquote, supposed to win, right? You know, uh-huh, um, and the Giants, uh-huh. you know, you can't say the Giants, they're supposed to win this game. I think they can win this game. Um, you know, after this week, they go to London to play the Packers. You know, I'm probably not going to pick them to beat the Packers, depending on what I see in this game. Um, I would be surprised if it's not a low-scoring game. Like I said, the weather's not going to be great unless there are defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns. Um, I don't see, you know, these offenses are, are really challenged in a lot of ways. I mean, they don't, you know, the Bears are, uh, what, 32nd in the league in passing. I think the Giants are 30th. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Low-scoring. Uh, you know, Low, well, low, low passing, certainly. Maybe it'll run on each other, but then, you know, I can't see them throwing the ball all over the place. These, this might be the worst collection of wide receivers of any game in the league this season. <laughs> right? You're, do do, do, you're do you disagree? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're no. probably right. That's the, that's the sad part about the whole thing. Paul. It's just funny how we got to that point. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, true. thanks so much for hanging out with us on a Friday, man. We appreciate your insight into this weekend's game. Sure thing, guys. Thanks. thanks Paul man. Schwartz. Beat writer for the New York Giants for the Post, and then since 1994, man, it's like uh, about as long as Grody's been covering the Bears. That pretty much, man. Actually, 1994, I was I was just a fan of, of the Bears, 
But that was one of my favorite Bears years ever. 94? What was going on then? Eric Dave, Kramer. Dave, yeah, that's right. Dave Wanstead was the head coach of a Bears team that got a wild card, and then they had to go play at Minnesota. Minnesota was way better than the Bears, and the Bears went into the old Metrodome, and I'll be damned if they didn't upset the mm. 30 Minnesota Vikings, and it was such a great jubilant win. And, of course, they got their butts kicked the next week against San Francisco. Ah. So, yeah, that okay. was uh, – that. It was, but I'm, Memorable I'm very, nonetheless. Very fond of 1994 for the Bears because that was just – that's one of their great upsets in playoff history. Studs, were you, were you even alive back then? Yeah, I was four years old. Oh, okay. Just making sure we had us. Uh, Grody, Grody, 94 for the Bears sounds like my 2001 for the Bears. Okay. That's, that was fun yeah. too. Yeah. That was, yeah, that's, 2001. That's 2001's when I fell in love. Oh, dude, I loved that year too. That was the back-to-back miracle wins again with uh, the Keith- San Fran and uh, Cleveland, and then yeah. the Keith Trailer interception. Oh man, Mike Brown walk-off style, and then and then they got Hugh Douglas in the postseason <laughs> against the Philadelphia Eagles, and Jim Miller almost damn got those, killed. Damn those Eagles! That's what I'll damn say. Those damn Eagles. those Eagles! I mean, that was a dominant win along the lake front. I hated that game. All hated right. it. From the past to the present. Uh, he's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez on the other side. We're going to talk about the injury report for this Sunday's game, who will be missing this Sunday's battle between the Bears and the Giants, and then ourselves will give our own opinions and our predictions on the score for Sunday. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Go Bears! Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Here on 670 The Score, let's go to Jake out in Rockford. Jake, so Gro- going, guys? Grody brought up some good memories for you, huh? Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I, I'm a diehard Bears fan, 38 years old. I mean, my first word my parents say was Bears ball. Like, those were my two <laughs> first words. So, anyway, um, you guys started talking about the 94 Vikings uh, playoff game. Out of nowhere last night, I decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm bored. I'm throwing that game on. I was 10, 11 years old at the time. I remember watching it with my great uncle, Big Bears fan. So I watched it all the way through, man. I, I was just like, God, the game has changed so much since yeah. then. Even the announcers, they they were messing everything up. The players just looked sloppy. They had those giant shoulder pads. Sure. I was like, Man, I can't. But anyway, I thought that was cool. But another thing I wanted to ask you guys, and I'm pretty sure you'll probably agree with me somewhat, I just don't think it's fair, and so many people already are, I don't think it's fair to judge Justin Fields yet. I think it was the Green Bay game. They said he's been hit on 47% of his throws. Let's just call it 50%. One out of every two passes, he's being hit. His wide receiver core, even with Pringle, if he was healthy, I would say out of 27 teams, they'd be practice squad players. I mean, I just don't think we can judge him yet. I want the Bears, for once, to give a quarterback time to throw with a good offensive line and just a number one wide receiver. And that would make Mooney so much better. I'll just, I'll hang up. I'll listen to what you guys have to say, but I love the show. And thank you for having me on guys. Of course. Appreciate you bringing up the old memories. I'm glad that Mark Grody could, you know, stir those up inside of you. Uh, as to your, your assessment of, you know, Justin Fields and, and what he's going through, 
you know, I, you hear a lot of people talking about this, right, Grody, is whether or not you should be able to judge Justin Fields and what he's done because of whatever. Yeah, it's okay to judge him. That's what he's, he's the quarterback of the Bears. You can judge him. I think what it's what the unfair part is making a final determination on him, right? Putting that final grade and saying, that's it, I'm done with you. This is who you are, and this mm-hmm. is who you will be. The final determination is what I have an issue with. Can you judge him in real time? Can you judge, can you talk about his play and what week in and week out? Yes, that's what you should do so that that way you can point out the areas that he needs to improve. A final determination, whether you're saying Justin Fields is not that dude, that's the part that I would have an issue with. Here's the the other side of it, and that is that you don't have to judge him. Like just to, to the gentleman who just called us, that he's kind of angry that he has heard the judgment come down <laughs> on Justin Fields, that he is bad and that he is a bust and that he is starting to leak through into the atmosphere. It is now floating in front of us. Those words, which nobody would have come close to thinking about, say, mid, even midway through last year, have started to circulate and be amongst us for, for better or for worse. But the good, the good news is, is that you can, as a consumer of whatever you consume, obviously you're consuming the score right now, you don't have to judge Justin Fields. You can be the person that sits back more like a coach, quite frankly, or general manager or scout and watch it and, of course, look at and break down and critique each and every game as we do. But you don't you don't have to make the, the big picture. And I know that it gets loud out here in terms of the <laughs> proclamations that are made. I, I definitely understand that. I've been guilty of it. So but the you don't have to judge. It's that they're not moving at our pace. I'll tell you that. Yeah. That look, while I don't think that sports talk radio doesn't affect like get into the heads and and, and into locker rooms, it's not going to be a difference maker. But I think that's important to to sometimes reset and point out to to fans that they don't have to um, to judge. That said, I do want to see Justin Fields be much better, <laughs> and yeah. I, I I need to see. As everybody needs to see, Justin Fields needs to see some progress this year, and there hasn't been progress that this year, and that's why Bears fans are they're 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 in fear. Yeah, they they have been hurt before. So it's a bad relationship. You got out of a bad relationship. Yeah, you don't want to give your heart up again. Uh-huh. And that's what's happening with Justin Fields. You feel like it's the one. You want to give him your heart, but you yeah. don't want to fall in love too quick. Uh, but I you understand. also don't want to be alone. So, you yeah. know. <laughs> We're suckers. And that's what Bears fans are. We're suckers. Yeah. But I'll say this. I, re- I referenced the 2018 Bears earlier in the show. Game four was the Mitch Trubisky five-touchdown game. And so that – that not that I'm – not that I'm – excuse me, six-touchdown game. Not yeah, that I'm, not that I'm looking for – not that I'm looking for, for that from Justin Fields. But you're looking for a game that is similar, one that you can point to and say, aha. Yeah. You can have bad games. That's what but, happens in the NFL. But we were busted by that, too. Six touchdowns. That's game, my point. And I think the very next game, I think, was a bad game. Bad game against the Dolphins. And that's my, but that's my point, though. At least give me something. And that was, that's what we held on to for Mitch, for Mitch during oh. that whole time. You were able to at least point and say, 
You know he can do it. He yeah. can. And I think with Justin Fields, we've yet to see that game where it's like he needs a big game. He needs a big he game. He needs a big game and point taken. Of course, because that would – I don't think that you're going to all of a sudden win everybody over, but it would be a relief for everybody to say, okay, okay, good, okay. We're, we're, we're at the baseline level. This is, this is what we thought. Okay. You know what I mean? We could all work with that and, and move it forward. But I'm sure that if he does throw for 400 yards, it's it's back on. He's a 10, and he's an elite quarterback. I'm literally laughing as you say 400 yards. I'm like <laughs> – a Bears yeah, quarterback? No. Nah. Yeah. I don't think Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. He hasn't had a 300-yard game in his career uh, yet. I'm, I'm going to look up here when the last time a Bears quarterback had a 400-yard game. Because I, I don't bet, even think Mitch did in that six-touchdown game. It's, I bet it's Cuddy? Jim Miller. Jim, I know Ooh. Jim Miller did it. Jim Miller did it for the Bears. I would not be surprised if Jay Cutler yeah, look, did That's also. A good one. Well, but I know Jim Miller. Go back. Go Yeah, get the top two or three. <sighs> um, disgusting. Oh, there's no way this is accurate. Hold on. What is Jim it? Miller the last kids, the last the four hundred yard passing game for the Bears in nineteen ninety nine. No, so it's Jim Miller. This can't yeah? be accurate. <laughs> no, 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 is it Jim Miller? Uh, hold on, this is not showing me who the QB was. Twenty so hold on one right. second. Twenty three years. I, I, I'm hot. I'm. Oh it might be Jim. I don't want to be right on this one. I want somebody <laughs> to tell me that Jay Cutler. It was Jim Miller. Jim oh Miller, 34, 48, 422 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, three sacks, and a loss to yeah. the Vikings. Yeah, definitely Tell you what, right there. Jim Miller, kids, was actually a pretty good quarterback, and I think he got banged up a little bit. And I I'm a Jim he, Miller fan. Yeah. I'm a Jim Miller fan. I, we do the post game together on Fox 32. I know. I, I think people know, know more from the media yeah. than as a Bears quarterback, and I was a fan. I was a fan. Mark Grody, Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Talking some Bears, I know Cairo Santos is out. Robert Quinn, questionable with some illness. You got some other guys that are hitting this this IR. Jalen Johnson not playing. Yeah. Um, That quad's pretty bad, huh? Yeah, man. I mean, he admitted it on the Parkins and Spiegel show, essentially. I think Spiegel had asked the question, and paraphrasing just a little bit, but said, hey, was was this one of those situations where, talking about the Houston game, where, you know, if it was like a bigger game or playoff game, you would have played? And he basically said no. (laughs) So I I knew then, because usually that that answer that we get from that is always, oh, yeah, I, I could have been out there. It's not that big a deal i'm going to be fine jalen johnson did not say he's going to be fine so that that's you know worth taking a look and you know we'll see if next week if it gets any yeah. better or we're feeling Gr- better about it grody a quadricep injury will literally immobilize you where you can yeah. the pain is so oh the pain is so damning it, it's, it's, okay. it's that bad especially if it's if, and if it's not a complete tear if it's just a severe strain in that muscle you literally cannot walk, do anything. So I, I can imagine him saying, hey, this is not something that, that we'll do. I can attest <laughs> to that. I had a really slight quad strain in a flag football slight. game like two years ago, uh-huh. and I couldn't plant properly. Yeah. I, I spent the rest of the game struggling in coverage because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't like turn. And as you'll learn, young Adam Stadzinski, that injury will follow you for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's fine now, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took me a couple of days to get over it, though. All right, we have some really good audio to play from you on the other side. Mark Grody has amassed a, a good a good amount for you. Uh, so make sure you're here on the other side. We're talking more Bears. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.